There's something terribly wrong here. My brother's cooler than me. My aged mother's cooler than me. Even my new gay daddy's cooler than me. It was just a harmless calf caress. That's all it was. Mom, give Dad a wine spritzer. I'm in a crisis. I've got to do something wild. Something out of control. Something that reaffirms my youth. I am going to fight this with every breast in my body. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Yeah, it is Wednesday. We are here in the Jiggly Room. And man, let me tell you, there are some hot chicks in here. My name is Al, and I am just checking out this one girl over here, this this brunette. Oh my god. You, you can get such a good look if you, like, stay down by the bottom of the pole and look up, man. <laughs> you should see what I'm seeing. Wait a minute. Alex, that's a dude. <laughs> dude, that's pretty obvious to everyone. Did you see the size of his calves? No, I, I just saw something else that confirmed it, but thanks, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not gay or anything. I, it's a dark room. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. Did that Liberace vine flavor come in? <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, who else is here today? Uh, well, I'm Jamie. We're about to have more fun than I could describe with my limited vocabulary. <laughs> you mean articulate? <laughs> Hell yeah, and I'm Dan. R R, where be the gold? <laughs> what does he say? Scum something? Scum? Dirty scum? R R, dirty scum. R R. Yeah, that is just. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> We are reviewing Heels on Wheels. I've been dying to get to this episode. Season 7, episode 15. Director Jerry Cohen. Writer Stacy Lip. Special guest star Paris Houghton as Lulu. Original air date February 7th, 1993. So Heels on Wheels, uh, that's a play on Meals on Wheels. It's also a blend of the term Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels was an itinerant collection of flimsily assembled gambling houses, dance halls, saloons, and brothels that followed the army of the Union Pacific Railroad workers, Westwood, as they constructed the first transcontinental railroad in the 1860s in North America. Sunday, Kelly Bundy buys a chopper. I must fly like the beagle. But it's Al that goes hog wild. Goodbye, everybody. Meet the new leader of the pack on Married with Children, an all-new episode. Then It's Friday, Friday, Friday on NBC. 
By the way, we're for sale. So come on, folks, dial the number on your screen. Then press 1 to buy the evening news. Press 2 for the entertainment division. Press 3 for actual live TV executives who will talk to you about your fantasies. Uh, hello. I was wondering, if I buy the news division, do I get to use Tom Brokaw any way I want to? <laughs> Bryant Gumble? <laughs> you can keep him. Yeah, so Brokaw was uh, an American television journalist and author. He was the anchor and managing editor on the NBC Nightly News for 22 years from 82 to 2004. He's the only person to have hosted all three major NBC news programs, The Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and briefly, Meet the Press. Now he serves as a special correspondent for NBC News and works on documentaries for other outlets. And some girls believe he has a very sexy voice. Tom Brokaw. Gumbel is an American television journalist and sportscaster best known for his 15 years as co-host of NBC's Today. He was on the Today Show at NBC with Katie Couric starting in April 1991 and refocused Today as morning news program on public affairs during the 1992 presidential campaign. He stepped down from the show on January 3rd, 1997, 15 years later, and moved on to CBS. Jamie, who would you rather be with, Brian Gumble or uh, Tom Brokaw? Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw all the way. For I sure. always hated Brian Gumble. Always. I used like, to watch Brian Gumble every morning when I was getting ready for school. See, that explains but, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always liked Tom Brokaw. I always liked his voice, like you said. Brian Gumble's just annoying. And Jane Pauley. Hmm. God, for once, I'm actually glad to be home. <laughs> a customer comes in the store today, tall, willowy brunette, sits down, says she'd like to try on a pair of size 12 pumps. So I'm down there, you know, just doing my job. And <laughs> Notice she's wearing a garter belt like I like. <laughs> and a nice pair of silk stockings. Yeah. All the time she's smiling at me. All of a sudden, she uncrosses her legs like in basic instinct. You saw it all? Yes. It was a guy! Oh, Peg, I tell you, does this mean that I'm, that I'm, Gay No, Peg, just because I was vaguely excited touching a man's calf and I don't want to sleep with you. No. I've heard this before, but in much more graphic, you know, situations. Like, they say if you're at a bachelor party and one of the eight strippers there, you know, if you go in the back room with her, they start uh, performing lewd acts on you. If you find out later on they were a guy, does that make you gay? Because a guy brought you to completion. I mean, anyone can look good, and if you're deceiving, and you're tricking me into thinking one thing, and you're something else, it doesn't necessarily mean guys turn me on now. 
you're just bamboozled and that's about it. There's not much more depth to look into, right? Yeah, no, uh, there's, yeah. It, Who poses these questions, though, like on a regular basis? <laughs> oh, God, growing up, I've heard these, the dumbest scenarios, like, are you gay if... You know, like there used to be a joke. There, there was one guy who created a whole series of questions where you have, like, you have to answer them honestly, and you just have to answer exactly what he asks you, and it basically makes you sound gay. Well, I, I have a feeling then he himself is probably gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it was more of a joke. It was like, have you ever been alone in the woods with another man? And the answer is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> then it's like. Have you ever been in a room with another guy and you both had your pants around your ankles? And you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, have you ever been in a room and held your junk in your hand, standing less than a foot away from a guy who's doing the same thing? <laughs> you know, like all these stupid oh, things you're obviously going to have to say yes to if you ever <laughs> use a public restroom. Right, 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 and it's like, dude, that's gay, man. You know, like just like <laughs> like a joke, you know. But that's like teenagers, you know. Yeah. Now nobody even kids around about that stuff. But like, you know, back in the nineties. What do you um? What do you call that stuff that you put on sore muscles? Ben gay. Yeah. How long? <laughs> How long you been? That was good. I've never heard that one before. That's, <laughs> that's from like, like that. the third grade. Really? Right. Yeah. Wow. That used to be a thing, yeah. Uh, but I'm always so good at delivering that. No one, I, I catch people. Even if even if they have been caught before, I will catch them again because. <laughs> what if you say icy hot? <laughs> no one ever says that. It's like saying, that's like saying, what do you put on your lips when they're sore? Blistics? Nobody's going right. to say that. You're going to say chapstick. chapstick yeah. <laughs> it's a safe bet. No one's going to, like, what do I put on my scraped knee? Curad? No, you're going to say Band-Aid. <laughs> but um you know what's interesting about mo mo <laughs> what, from the simpsons interesting about al's point of view oh hey homer is uh is that is really r- not uncommon for men to assume that uh gay men are going to be attracted to them oh yeah if, like, say if a guy finds out that there's a, a gay man on their sports team and they're like, I don't want to change in the room with them, you know, they're, and like, dude, they're just because they're gay doesn't mean they've lost all sense of taste. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're not, that, you know, they're not gonna, that doesn't automatically mean that just because you have a penis, they're gonna be all over you. Yeah, I, I knew a guy who got offended when he heard a gay guy didn't think he was attractive. He was, and he's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> he was just offended at the idea. He was like, well, why? What's wrong with me? <laughs> he was like, well, no, I'm not going to date the guy, but still, what, what's wrong? What, am I ugly? You know? Like, <laughs> he actually was offended. It was great. My buddy did a joke one one time. Um, we were all at a bachelor party, ironically enough. And, uh, yeah, like, we had a couple of gay friends, and, and you would never know, and like, but they didn't hide it either. It's It was just never a thing. And uh, and we were all getting changed or whatever, and my buddy just walks in, and he just looks at him, and he goes, take it easy. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm saying though. Like, like straight gay. That's like how friends joke around with each other. You just buzz balls like all day, and it was hilarious his delivery. And it was just like it was just perfect. But um, 
there's also people that like nowadays, man, you got to watch what you say because people are so easily offended. Like regardless of, of orientation, my friends could always <laughs> like hang with the best of them as far as dishing it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Like if my friend dashed off to a Judy Garland concert, I wouldn't even make a joke about him. <laughs> even though she's been dead for 100 years. I, w- I was going to say that's There's probably a joke in there somewhere, though. <laughs> she, is she touring with Tupac? <laughs> Two holograms. <laughs> yeah, they should do that. I have no doubts about my sexuality. You know, what I was wondering was, am I too sexy for my own good pet? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want to turn on men, so uh, I come to the expert. <laughs> Peg, how do you make them not want you? Well, apparently you marry them. Oh, come on, honey. It's Friday night. Let's go out. I hear there's a revival of the sound of music playing downtown. I'm not gay. Come on, honey, get that toe a-tapping. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental. But a diamond is a girl's best friend. So she starts singing a song that's not from The Sound of Music, which I thought was weird. Weird, but I think she's just covering the whole gambit of gay or or like... um... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. So, yeah, The Sound of Music, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, a musical by uh, Richard Rogers, Oscar Hammerstein. It's about uh, this girl, Maria, who takes a job as governess to a large family while she decides whether to become a nun. So Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, that's a Marilyn Monroe song, and she sings that in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Kelly comes home from the diner. Don't you love that, though? Seriously? I mean, to see her, you know, that was episode eight. Kelly doesn't live here anymore. And it's just nice to always see Kelly with that outfit on. I'm surprised she's held the job for this long. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, yeah, her boss's standards were uh, so out of whack that I guess it is believable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what, is he going to fire her? Right. If he handed her the hot dog in her mouth to spit at a customer, do you think... (laughs) That she's doing anything. Besides, look how good she was doing at the end of that episode. Right, right, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So we have to assume she kept the hang of it. Right, yeah, for better or worse, they're on the same page. All right. God, what a day at the diner. Damn vegetarians. So damn picky. I mean, they find one cat's claw in the chopped salad. The way they scream, you'd think it was his head or something. I mean, what are they complaining about? A cat's practically a vegetable anyway. She's acting like it's because it's, it's meat that they have a problem with it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, I don't think they'd have to be a vegetarian to care about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if I had a cat's claw in my chicken and rib dinner, I'd be offended. I know. Like, how'd this chicken get in here? I specifically ordered ribs and cat's claw. I don't know what this lump of meat's doing here. And if that wasn't enough, this transvestite comes in. A really obvious one. I mean, you could spot him from a mile off. Those huge calves. Like anyone wouldn't notice. 
He wanted some shoes, so I sent him over to your store. I thought you could use a good laugh, you know? Like, wow, you just imagine this. You can never say something like this again. Man, you can never make a you can never say a statement again like I thought you could use a good laugh, so I sent a transvestite over so you could laugh at how obvious it is. <laughs> right? Relax, guy. I like gay men, right, Ken? Give me, Give an, me an amen. amen. <laughs> now, even that, though, even that, like, nowadays, you know, I'll bet you he could get away with it uh, nowadays, but not too many people can. Well, definitely not, like, a show that worries about sponsors. Th- think about, uh, what's her name there, who was the big flag waver, tried to get the whole show shut down. What was her name? Oh, uh, Kelly, or not Kelly, Terry Ricolta. Terry Ricolta. Think about now. It would just be a sea of of Terry Ricoltas. Just a whole sea of them. Like, and, and that's the thing that wasn't around then was the internet, you know, and everything is amplified times a million. So e- even nowadays, though, if, if something's really not a thing, enough people will latch onto it and make it look bigger than it really is, you know? Think about it. One person was the loudest voice, Terry Ricolta. Then you could have something, like, for example, the Super Bowl halftime show, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, there was supposedly 1,500 complaints sent to the FCC. Which is nothing in comparison to people that loved it. Right, a hundred million people were watching. Like a thousand people? Like, are you kidding me? Right, who actually have the time to do this? Who who would ever send a letter to the FCC? Do I have absolutely nothing else to fill my day? Right. That I would take the time to do that? Like, if you don't like it, it's the old thing, turn it off. Just like Howard Stern went through, Just but he went PC too. Now, he doesn't say anything like Oh, this. really? Oh, yeah. Um, There was a guy in a show named Gary the Retard. Remember him? Oh, I remember. Now, like, for the last five, six, seven years, he's been called Gary the Conqueror. And this other girl, Wendy the Retard, now she's called Wendy. Mm -hmm. It's just bizarre. You know, it's like you could see the stranglehold on everybody. Like, nothing is funny anymore. Don't make fun of anybody. Even if it's lighthearted, whatever. Well, you know what's funny, too, is that it was uh, – what is this? We're still in 1992, right? So uh, it was – three. Okay, so just four yeah. years later, Ellen got all of her right. sponsorship pulled because she was announcing that her character was gay. Right. That was the, the first time there had ever been a lead character in a yeah. TV show that was openly gay. And – when that episode was going to air, everyone, all the sponsors pulled their, like, threatened to pull their sponsorship. It was a I huge remember. deal. And this was 1997, right. which is crazy to me. Right. Right. Yeah, right. It's, it's, um, that's just, it's nuts. And of course, since then, we've had shows like Will and Grace, you know, that, it, that celebrate it and are very open about it. You've had a lot of gay characters come in and out of uh, Roseanne over the years. Well, um, yeah, Modern Family. So it's not even an issue anymore. But it, but it was only what fifteen? I mean, I'm sorry, twenty five years ago, twenty, twenty three, right? Ninety seven. Seven. 
Yeah. Say, for instance, if someone, if some sponsor attempted to pull their sponsorship over something like that now, right. they'd be canceled. Right. You know, totally. there'd be a hashtag canceled tide or whoever. I'm not assu- I'm not saying tide would do that, but I was just, <laughs> that was just an example. Please. Well, you say tide has to get certain kinds of stains out? No, sorry. <laughs> Please don't sue me, Tide. I was, I was not implying that Tide would do that. I'm just saying that, um, you know, if anybody, if anybody threatened to, to pull their sponsorship because a character was gay, it would be over, you know. Think about the time until now, too, and how far we've come. But yet the way that comedy factors into that, it, it goes the other way. It's opposite. It's like we can't joke about those things and they have it wrong. Like you have to joke about everything. Like that's what that's what kind of breaks the ice. That's what breaks the tension. That's the whole Oh, point. absolutely. Uh, that's what makes it more easy to digest for people who, who are so like weirded out by it because the, there's too much mystery. Once you put everything on lock and nobody could speak on anything, then it's becomes even more weird i agree i agree yeah Yeah, so if we could actually joke around and realize you know what we're all just people and those are just people too and they're just different and we're human beings you know but like you're taking that away because everything's on hush it's crazy right and I i was looking at a chart uh the other day it was on facebook and oh man it just like from the beginning of the time and you know how long slavery was and then from where it ended to now, it was such a small little piece of it. Oh, yeah. I used to be freaked out when I heard when people were segregated in college or with the water fountains. I was like, it was only that long ago? That, it was not that long ago at all. That's what I'm saying. So what were you guys doing for the first 2,000 years? Almost? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, so it's almost like everybody's catching up and everybody's finally starting to act right. But then, you know, you can't say certain things. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's just, I've never understood that. Honey, you're hurting daddy's feelings. He was attracted to that man. (laughs) That wasn't my transvestite. Mine was a good-looking man and uh, (laughs) smelled vaguely of hyacinth. (laughs) You two can be so cruel sometimes. (laughs) I'm not gay. Yeah. Daddy's gay? (laughs) Yes, honey. (laughs) Look, I'm bored. Let's say the three of us go down to the male strip club and we can watch Daddy fight for the guys. (laughs) Oh, not tonight, Mom. I'm too tired to go out. Well, how could you be tired? I've been sleeping all day. (laughs) How could she possibly understand what it's like to live off the sweat of our bras? Yeah, Yeah, we're bending down all day long looking up men's dresses. Uh, So what do you guys think of the scene where Al and Kelly both put their hand down their pants in unison? Loved it. The audience loved it, too. Did you hear that response? Oh, yeah. All about it. There was that one guy that was particularly, throughout the entire episode, he was particularly enthusiastic. I thought I, yeah. Yeah, He was like, yeah, "Yeah, Al. Yeah, yeah, everybody. was like, yeah, Al, yeah, bud, yeah. (laughs) That would totally be you, Alex, for sure. You'd just be so amped. (laughs) I know. That you were there. 
Like, <laughs> well, I would be amped I was there and do it naturally. And then looking back once it aired, I'd be like, I can't believe my voice was on Mare with Children and it will be there for all time. And again, I, I cite some SNL skits when there's certain times audience members laugh and it just it totally helps it and just ends up bringing the house down. So I think that can never, never hurt it unless for some reason it happens like awkwardly or, or like at the wrong time in which I'm sure that they'd get kicked out, you know? <laughs> Well, me and Annabelle <clears throat> won't be posting that side-by-side picture of Al and Kelly like that because we were both flagged for posting a pic of Al with his hand down his pants. That is the dumbest no. thing. I swear to God. And then they told me, since a administrator did it in your group, you have – you are now in – well, now I'm in the realm of possibly getting the whole site shut down. For the Married Children group page because I'm one of the ones who did something that violates the standards. Al with his hand, Al Bundy with his hand down his pants violates Facebook standards, just so you know. Mm-hmm. That is the most ridiculous. And it was like the it was like the sexual guidelines or whatever. The I forget what it said. As if he's playing with himself. I like he's not he's not doing anything dirty. This that was on, you know, that that photo has been on TV Guide. It's been everywhere. It's right. It's iconic. Like what rock have you been crawling under? Uh, that's got to be a weird job to be one of those people that go through all the pictures that get reported. Losers, man. Wow, uh, dude. If imagine? it were me, there would be so many things that would just be like, "That's fine. That's fine. That's right. fine. That's fine. That's fine." <laughs> It's got to be Terry Ricolta, right, who works there? It's, it has to be. It's a or, personal thing. <laughs> it definitely is. I want somebody to go out with me. Well, why don't you ask Bud? Something's got to prepare him for a lifetime of going out with his mother. <laughs> I mean, who taught Liberace? <laughs> ask your father. I'm sure he knows all about it. So for all of you youngins, Liberace was an American pianist singer and actor he was a child prodigy who at the height of his time in the 50s and 70s was the highest paid entertainer in the world liberace embraced a lifestyle of flamboyant excess both on and off stage acquiring the nickname mr showmanship liberace was gay and died of pneumonia due to complications of aids and uh you should see the michael douglas movie about him it's really good or just see Bohemian Rhapsody because it's basically the same story that you just described. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better. But uh, but you can't tie Basic Instinct to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody like you can to Michael Douglas. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, that's what this whole show is about now. It's about Basic Instinct. Haven't you noticed? I mean, what else do we talk about? That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry for stepping on the line and not realizing. <laughs> Every time we do a show, I'm talking about Basic Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. So, Bud comes down the stairs with a hot blonde, Lulu. Excuse me, family, while I say goodnight to my date. Lulu, one for the road. On the way out of the house, Bud bends over and Lulu touches his ass one last time, one for the road. <laughs> Good things do come in small packages. <laughs> Well, then you should have him turn around. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> A 
amazing. I mean, it's an, it's not uh, like the hardest thing to ever come up with, but thank God they did. And they just went for it on the regular network television. I mean, it was just the greatest. So this girl, like I was saying, she pays Bud for his company that night, and everyone's completely confused. They're wondering if Bud's a male hooker or something. That's what I thought. Yeah. A gigolo. <laughs> I thought Jefferson was the gigolo of the show. But that's right. Hey, maybe he gave him lessons. <laughs> Somebody must have given him lessons. I hit upon a grand scheme. I volunteered as a nude model for an all-girls art class. Did you have to move around so that they could do all seven dwarfs naked? <laughs> I'll talk to you when I need a Coke and fries. <laughs> when a girl wants to draw a nude in positions far too embarrassing for a guy who cares what people think about him, that's when they come to Buff Bundy. <laughs> Buttocks for hire. How did that happen? Right. Like, it's just so random and weird. But I, I'm sorry, but right before then, Kelly was making fun of Bud again. You know, like, uh, oh, stay with his mommy. You know, he's, he's never been away from her. I think that those jokes have to be dropped at this point from the amount of ass that Bud is pulling. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like every other episode now. Uh, now, granted, so is the... Uh, oh, wait, did we not see the little kid again? Dude. Oh, my God, I forgot all about him. I'm the worst, because either something's wrong with my memory, or I really just have a block with this kid. I don't think he was there. I swear to you, I didn't even think about him till we got into the Jiggly Room to do this show. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I didn't realize it until after I watched the entire episode. Right. I'm like, oh, hey. Well, because Buck was there. Like, you can account for <laughs> everybody was... being there that was there, but I don't remember that kid. Wow, what? Like, this is these are great times that we're living in. Yeah, it's going great. It's going. It's <laughs> going so good. <laughs> so yeah, Bud's beard is in full effect. He finally changed his look for the show. Anything you want to say to me, Dad? Well, actually, son, I want to know. Are you sure that was a girl? Because <laughs> just because it looks like a girl doesn't necessarily mean that it is one. Did, did you get lost and go to the wrong nudie bar again? How was I supposed to know what that song Macho Man really meant? <laughs> Had a good beat. Everybody was dancing. I thought all the girls were in the restroom. You know how girls go together. <laughs> yeah! Sure, Dad. You see, what matters here is, I'm finally peeking while you're creaking. <laughs> Two old people on the couch. <laughs> oh, sorry, can I make that three old people? <laughs> Come on, everyone, say clapper. <laughs> so Bud plants it into everyone's heads that he is cooler than them. Because of this little situation he's in, Kelly buys right into it. That is just ridiculous. I am not getting old. Oi, oi, oi. There's something terribly wrong here. My brother's cooler than me. My aged mother's cooler than me. And my new gay daddy's cooler than me. It was just a harmless calf caress. That's all it was. Mom, give dad a wine spritzer. She said even her new gay daddy is cooler than her. 
I'm not sure what Al did in, in this beginning of this episode that would show he's cooler than her. I'm in a crisis. I've got to do something wild, something out of control, something that reaffirms my youth. I am going to fight this with every breast in my body. <laughs> Kelly was having a midlife crisis at 22 years old. <laughs> Midlife, so she would only live to 44 in her mind. No, I was kidding. Right. <laughs> no, but 22 is old enough. See, it's weird. I never thought I was old until my wife started bringing over people to the house who were like 20. And at that point, I was like 37, 38, which is the same age as Al and Homer Simpson and most TV dads. So I guess I've, I've slipped right into the what I am. Um, due to my circumstances around me. <laughs> but I still don't feel old. I think I have a very, like, a youth appeal to me. But maybe I'm just kidding myself. And, like, when I walk around, people just see some, like, middle-aged old dude in the store. Uh, I think it's that second one. I think we all think that we're younger, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know, like, time works so weird, man. Like, when you start thinking back and then, like, even you mentioned something to me, like, the other day about with the skeleton crew and stuff like that. It's just, it's so crazy how time works. It's like some periods seem longer than others. Some seem shorter and, and the, you know, they're really longer and shorter. And it's just, it's crazy. And it's it's weird to think about. So I try not to. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I still think of myself as like a maybe like a twenty-five year old. You know. Yeah, that's about what I think I am. I'm definitely turning thirty-five next week. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to see this amazing scene of Al changing the oil in his Dodge. Oh. <laughs> With Bud, yeah. this scene always cracked me oh. up. Man. You're grossed out by this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so the the Dodge needs it's low on oil, so Al doesn't change his oil. Apparently, he just keeps filling it because it burns off, I guess. So I I why guess. change it, right? When you it'll just burn off anyway. So he rubs an oxy pad, which those I don't even know if they exist anymore. Like, do people even know what oxy pads are? <clears throat> they might still make them. They're definitely not popular like they used to be. Those were definitely a thing back then, yeah. No one talks about that ever. I I honestly have not heard a single person mention an OxyPad in probably 25 years. Did you guys use them? I don't think so. No? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I think I, I bought like one one time. And do those fuckers Burn your face. <laughs> it's Burn. like Ben Gay. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, I washed my face with Noxzema. Oh. oh. Like uh, Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. I did it before Rebecca Gayhart said it was cool, though. So I'm a, I'm a Noxzema hipster. Alex, did you realize that was Rebecca Gayhart that got thrown off the boat by Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. That was her. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Wow. She was really obnoxious in that movie. <laughs> that's, that's why he probably threw her over. <laughs> well, um, I had a really bad zit problem at 18 and probably into 19. It was all over my face. Well, it was mostly, yeah, I could say all over, really, but my cheeks were the big thing. Yep. Like, you couldn't even shave, dude. Like, when I shaved, I was shaving the, the white heads off of them and just, oh, it would just start. Oh, dude, it's like that scene in Cabin Fever. It was, a, and I was like, is this my life now? 
And for some reason, I guess that was like a pubescent stage or something. After that year and a half or so, they just went away and I never, ever that weird got zits again. Same, dude. Same. So it was 22, 21 years ago since I've had a zit. People think I look young still. And I think one of the reasons is because I don't wash my face constantly. I just wash it in, in the shower and that's really it. Right. I don't touch it otherwise. And so I think I leave all these like natural oils or whatever on my face. So my, my face, my skin's not drying out, I guess. So it, it gives me a more youthful appearance because there are people who are like 37 years old and stuff that my, my wife says, can you believe blah, blah's boyfriend is? And he looks like he's 10 years older than you. And I'm like, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I get that a lot. Yeah, it's bad to take all the oils out of your face. So that's probably why nobody uses them. The best I've ever heard was I look like I'm 25 still, but I don't believe that. The best I've heard is you're still alive. (laughs) How is Dan not dropped dead by now? Al, Kelly didn't go to work today. Where could she be? So uh, Kelly rolls in with a motorcycle, leather jacket. How cool was that? Yeah, looking good. Yeah. She's badass now, man. Automatically, though, I, I feared for her safety on a motorcycle. Automatically. They let her roll in, so that's right. a big deal. Right. Now, motorcycles weigh roughly 400 pounds, so she would have really had to take lessons on just not falling off of it. Yeah. So I'm, it seemed like a real bike. It could have been like a bicycle that they just threw fake stuff all around it, you know, for all we know, because when Al just takes off later, there's nothing real about that. But I'm sure it's, he doesn't even move a kickstand dude or anything. Right. He just goes, he doesn't do (laughs) anything that seems to really start a motorcycle at all. Yeah, because you ride, so you would know these things. Yeah. I have a Harley, and and you definitely just can't sit on it and then just, like, say, rip your sleeves off and and then, you know, do whatever he did and then just take off. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, the most nonsensical thing ever. It's just, it's totally for a goof, and they put that left, right, and center with Al's Daydream, but, you know, we'll get there. Absolutely. I mean, this Daydream of his, I've, I've... just sit there and daydream about his daydream sometimes. <laughs> That's how much I love it. <laughs> and I've daydreamed about it while riding my bike, believe it or not. <laughs> sleeveless. Uh, yeah, I might have been. I don't remember if I, if I was sleeveless the day of the daydream. but Kelly, you can't possibly keep this motorcycle. It is far too dangerous, especially for you. On a motorcycle, concepts like left, right, and stop are more critical. Well, I'm keeping my bike. It's going to keep me young. Kill, it's not a time machine. And it's not your body, so keep your hands off it. (laughs) Honey, you have to get rid of it. No one who loves you would want you to endanger your life like this. We saw the motorcycle... And I guess they didn't expect all the introductory applause from the live audience. Mm-hmm. So then they have to wait till that dies down. And then she repeats, we saw the motorcycle. Yeah. 
and then runs over to Al. We saw the motorcycle and we rushed over. Oh, Al, we couldn't be happier that you got one. (laughs) You know, there are a lot of myths about motorcycles, like that always wear a helmet thing. But that's not for men like you. Popping wheelies, going 90 the wrong way on the interstate. That's for cool outlaw guys like you. Ride like the wind, wild one. Drive fast, drive off, and drive when you're really, really tired. Marcy, it's not Al's. It's Kelly's. Oh, God, get rid of it. They're killers. Give it to your father. Ride like the wind, wild one. Yeah, that's always funny to me when the characters or the cast is affected by the studio audience. Yeah. Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. Um, There are those rare instances where it'll work the other way, where it'll trip them up like like this happened. But but I always love that stuff, though, don't you? Like, I always love it. Even even when, you know, they come back in the line and everybody gets right back into character and stuff like that, it just kind of takes you out of it for a second. Oh, but it with does. Sh- yeah. I, I, I love it, though. In a show like this where it doesn't take itself seriously at all, it just fits. Like, it just works. And, and it just adds to my enjoyment anyways. Oh, yeah. It adds to the energy of the show. Mm-hmm. Although, it takes away from the scene because... You, you try to see if this was real, would Marcy have a reason to just repeat that line? Right, right. Al kind of does it better. When he's tripped up by the audience, mm-hmm. he's he's a little bit better at making believe there's a reason he's repeating it. Right. It's just, it's just different. This was not done great. I, I would agree. Yeah, I think Marcy at that point, she was like, well, I said the first line... If I just keep going here, will this make any sense? Right. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, no, I'm just going to say it again. You know? So I think that was just a call she made. I'm sorry, but I'm keeping my bike. How can I take advice from you people? I mean, two of you are geeks and two of you are my parents. I'll let you decide who's who. Well, maybe I can be of some help. After all, Kelly... We both live under the rule of older, dull parental figures. (laughs) But sometimes the fogies can be right. Okay, so Amanda Burst was born August 58, and he was born May 58. So the same age. Yeah, well, technically, Jefferson's older than Marcy. (laughs) So that statement made no sense. It almost, see, it made me curious as, as to whether or not maybe she is a year older or whatever. Right. But no, it's totally nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought they were playing a little bit of real life in here, but no. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, I'm a living witness to the real horror of the motorcycle. Yeah, I had a bike once. Oh, it seemed like fun. The classic delivery of Jefferson where he puts his hands on his hips, gazing into the distance, you know, towards the live audience. You know, and you could see him, like, recounting his memories and stuff. Like, he has done this so many times. Like, yeah, I remember when I was 18. Yeah, I remember that. I remember this. I remember that. So he had a bike once. He lives for moments like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's he's so glad he had that bike for six months so he could tell this story. (laughs) You know, when he was 23 years old. Right. (laughs) Like, that's really any major experience. Oh, I'm a living witness to the real horror of the motorcycle. Yeah, I had a bike once. Oh, it seemed like fun. 
But then one day I was driving along when suddenly it happened. Wham! The wind whipped through my hair, knotting it, splitting my ends. It was chaos. I had to be airlifted to a special hair clinic in Switzerland. My head soaked in conditioner for three solid weeks. But on the good side, I did get to share a room with Don King. I mean, this is the greatest stuff ever, man. You know, like, listen, I know it plays into the more pansy, quote unquote, Jefferson, that we don't like. But him being into his hair. It's so stupid and over the top, dude. (laughs) It doesn't come off the same way as Marcy emasculating him or anything. Right. Right. And And I feel like him being the pretty boy, it, um... It's it's good if that's not all you have. If that's if you're playing that one note, yes. But we found out that Jefferson can can dish it out. He can take it. He can he can he has all these different dimensions. Yep. So when he when he is kind of this pretty boy like <laughs> this guy this what whatever stick that you would call what he's doing now, it's funny because that's not all we're getting. No. But it's great every time we do. Yep. And he will continue to do some high-maintenance stuff later on. <laughs> and I remember one time he said something about how he can't go to a bar with Al because the smoke in the bars wreak havoc with the pH balance of his hair. <laughs> like, that stuff is just <laughs> funny, man. Stupid. <laughs> now, having all the hair I have, I still don't think like him, though. Like, I would never say, let's not go here because of my hair. Like, that's just craziness, you know? So it makes it even more funny that he actually thinks yeah, I, I don't know, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to do, learn. So there you go. Yeah, like, yeah that's right. A normal guy doesn't do that, see? <laughs> so the the whole joke about the Switzerland thing and all that, like, the, like, the joke back then is, like, all these special clinics always seem to exist in Switzerland. Like, even in Fraser, Niall Crane's... Uh, never seen wife uh is always going to clinics in switzerland and belgium and stuff and like that's like this you know i had to be airlifted to you know so it's like that was always like some weird unfamiliar thing that everybody just assumed is real so as great as this all was i didn't like the final part of the joke which was what i shared a room with don king oh yeah Like, look, Don King is famous for his hair. Yeah, he's a boxing promoter. He's promoted some of the most prominent names, Ali, Frazier, Foreman, Larry Holmes, Mike Tyson, Holyfield. He's a famous guy. Um, But what he's famous for to to the general public who really doesn't care about boxing is he had this hair that just stuck straight up. It was like – you ever see at the end of your pencil those – the trolls or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I remember those, yeah. Yeah, he had hair like that, but a little shorter. <laughs> and it was like black and gray. <laughs> I love how that's, a, that's what you compared it to, a troll. Not <laughs> not even a troll, but a, a pencil troll. <laughs> oh, oh, right. They do just stand on their own. I forgot. <laughs> I, I used to have a bunch of those, like, as a kid. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, like, I, I don't know how I got them, but I definitely had some trolls. They were pretty creepy now that I think about it. We have some trolls on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we got quite a few. We know them. <laughs> yep. 
Um, by the way, if you're listening to this on YouTube, be sure to like the shows every time you hear them on YouTube, guys, because that goes a long way. You boost us very high in the search engines on YouTube. I'm tired of seeing, like, best of Al Bundy clips that are just, like, three minutes long getting 6.7 million views, and we put hours upon <laughs> hours into this show, and 200 of you are listening to it. So please. That's how it's gauged. Hit those buttons. You got to hit like every on every one of our shows because no one's finding us apparently we have a good audience but it's mostly from podcast apps and there's and there's no excuse why you can't literally no excuse i don't want to hear if i could sit here for 90 minutes and do this show then you can click a button (laughs) right exactly kelly You are just doing this as an act of rebellion. You're feeling old, aren't you? Well, what you need to find are some grown-up ways to have fun and make life interesting. For instance, when I'm feeling a little down, to brighten my day, I cut all my hair off. (laughs) Then I wait for it to grow back so I can cut it all off again. (laughs) Cut, cut, snip, snip. Then I take all the hairs up off the floor and make little animals. (laughs) Okay, as you can see, we've got quite a life going. (laughs) Okay, Marcy, let's go renew your prescription at the drugstore. You think this will make a nice reindeer? And the greatest thing in this moment is Jefferson going, okay, as you can see, we got quite a life going. <laughs> She's about due for a cut because this is about as long as I've ever seen it, I think. Well, it's been more fun than I can describe with my limited vocabulary, but uh, I'm going to go ride my bike now. Uh, Kelly, uh, honey, you know, I rode a few motorcycles when I was young. <laughs> wow. What does this mean, Dan? That this is a uh, prequel series. <laughs> a prequel, right. Th- could this be the episode Kurt Sutter watched with his <laughs> right? wife, Peg, uh, Katie Seagal, when he decided, you know what I want to do? I think I want to see Peg Bundy back in her youth on these motorcycles and whatever world. You know what? I'm going to create a whole entire universe around this one line of yours. Right. It's crazy, man. And it's weird. They made her buy like a polar opposite. Peg Bundy hardly cares for her family on Married with Children and Gemma Teller is all about family on Sons of Anarchy and that's how she creates most of the chaos on that show. It's all in the name of the family at whatever cost, and it usually ends up costing most people's lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. And she's involved in one of, I, I think, one of the most iconic scenes in not only television history, but it supersedes movies and, and everything as well, where it just it just kills you inside. It's, it's, it's so brutal. It's so crazy that... It's it, it's wild to think about it sometimes when we're watching this show. Do you mean the end of season six? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, the scene. Yeah, I never to this day got over the end of season six. One of our listeners, Jerry Vitetta, 
he just started watching Sons. He literally watched the first six years in two months. Uh huh. Six seasons, I mean, in in two months. Right. And he said, after taking this journey with everybody, he didn't even know what to say. He said, I actually have to let this breathe before we just keep going to season seven. Wow. And and he likes it. Jerry's a uh, a horror fan as well, and he likes the hardcore stuff, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's what I mean, though. We're all horror fans. We've seen the most brutal movies, but I don't think anything's hit quite like that episode, like, for real. The emotional weight of that episode, that stayed with me throughout the entire rest of the year till season seven. Like, I never really got over it. And when we rewatch the show, I've watched it four times now, whenever that happens i i don't watch i can't watch it so <laughs> yeah. I, I literally don't look at the screen and neither yeah. does my wife neither one of us could really watch it again it was it was almost that personal and that damaging to us that we just cannot watch so um yeah and katie seagal was at the forefront of the of of the whole chaotic thing going on so um yeah it, it's interesting, um, like this episode, and then going back and then tying it into Sons of Anarchy. Whoever has not watched Sons, it's on Hulu now. You have to watch this. There is not a single person I have ever pointed to this show that has not. It's become. It's more than a TV show, and you will only understand that by watching. By by the time you're in season two, you couldn't imagine a world without this. I guess that's all we could really mention with the tie-in uh, to Peg Bundy and, you know, the motorcycle and Gemma Teller. So, yeah, it's on Hulu. Check it out. Pay for Hulu for the whatever months it'll take you to watch the show and then cancel it if you want. But you got to watch it. Hulu's great anyways. Yeah, I I watch Married with Children. How do you think I prepared for the show today? I watched it on my phone at work and then I wrote notes there and came in here. <laughs> well, and we all own all the seasons, but it's it's so much easier. Oh, it's so convenient. On Hulu, and it and it's and it puts you right where you need to be for the next episode. You Always. know, mm-hmm. it's too easy. I remember the wind, the speed, the vibration, <laughs> the whirring, <laughs> vroom vroom, <laughs> whir whir, vroom vroom. <laughs> Oh, God, if only they made stationary motorcycles. <laughs> How can I make you people understand? I mean, having a motorcycle is going to open up new vistas for me. Thing you can't do in a car. You can ride alone. You can ride in a group of other motorcycles. You can ride alone, but go to the place where the group of people rode their cycles. You can go to this place, and you can talk about motorcycles, and then you can get back on and go home. <laughs> Plus, I can't return it because I can't remember where I bought it. (laughs) Vroom, vroom! You're the king, baby! Dad, will you help me crowbar Mommy off my bike? I must heed the call of the open road. I must fly like the beagle. I'm going to eat my tricks on Route 66. That line is a reference to Get Your Kicks on Route 66, a popular rhythm and blues standard composed in 1946 by American songwriter Bobby Troop. Oh, wow. Blended with the uh, trick cereal. I just bought trick cereal. 
last week. Wow. So I'm looking at a box of that. And for the year, I am at 66 total movie watches at the moment. Wow, really? How about them apples? Both at the same time. Weird, right? Dude, you need a motorcycle, man. I love you, but I really want you to have one. (laughs) (laughs) So Kelly points out the more stupid aspects of motorcycles, you know, the kind of things that make bikers look kind of dumb. So I could ride alone. I could ride in a group. I could ride alone, but go to the place where the group of people rode their motorcycles, talk about motorcycles, then get on your bike and go home. Something, you know, just like dumb things like, well, what's the point of riding a bike? And she just, you know, mentions all the stupid things like (laughs) that you do, I guess. People go on bike runs to have something to do with their bike because there really is nothing to do except ride alone, really, basically all the time. There was a time when I didn't ride anything but my bike. Like I went I went from like April to like November and I, I really didn't sit down in my truck once. Oh, wow. Unless I had to go to like a dinner or a wedding or something like that. Your tip had to come with you. Like, all right, we'll take the truck. That's it. Can't you just meet me there? Yeah, I've done that, dude. I've ridden the bike, and she would just follow me. (laughs) I swear to God, my parents were in the back seat too, and we were all going to a pizza, a wood oven pizza place, and and I said, "All right, well, uh, you guys know where to go, right?" And I just got on the bike and left. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. She says she can't return the bike because she can't remember where she bought it. I think she'll the, her memory will be jogged when she's making her payments, right? Yes, you would think so, right? <laughs> <laughs> and how could you forget? You bought it that day, didn't you? That she just rolled in with it? Yeah, I think she just came home from getting it. <laughs> like, that's the funniest thing ever. Oh, the freedom. I can ride my bike anywhere, anytime. Nothing is going to keep me off of it. Uh-oh, Rain. Daddy, can I borrow the car? <laughs> like, that's the other thing. Like, man, I'm only going to ride my bike this and that. And the this, this second, like, the weather isn't perfect, you're like, yeah, let's get in the car. That was the other time I would get in, in my uh, truck if there, if there wasn't perfect weather. It, well, yeah, I wouldn't recommend riding in the rain. Yeah, I've done it, dude. It It's not – it's just dangerous anyway, taking turns with wet tires and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. So Peg comes in from her little, uh... Mom? Oh. Hi, honey. I was just looking at it. (laughs) Upstairs, Al, now. Grabs Al and brings him upstairs for a sex point, because they're going to go have sex now, because Peg's turned on. Is anyone keeping score of this anymore? I'm not. I'm not. If Jamie is, then we'll actually care in our wrap-up show, but if not... <laughs> no, I was never keeping score. I mean, I would always take note of it in my head, but I never like wrote it down because I thought you were doing that. At the top of my notes, I usually do. But, you know, this year's been a little hectic, so I've been using loose pieces of paper most of the time I'm doing this, but... So, no, I haven't been that good. Sorry, guys. Not that anyone's ever asked about it or mentioned it once or anything in three years so i think we're good to just drop that right yeah i guess so so al says he gets out there in the garage kelly took his car because it was like gonna rain or something so al's in the garage he looks at kelly's bike and sits on it 
and and that's when you hear that guy go, yeah, Al, or whatever he says. <laughs> yep. How could I talk Kelly out of this? She doesn't listen to me. I don't blame her. Nobody does. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I'm not gay. <laughs> Just sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I should have bought a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I never would have worn a helmet. <laughs> I have a lot of fear from cracking my skull. <laughs> Takes a lot of brain tongue coordination to babble size nine. <laughs> So Al daydreams about riding a bike, and it is hilarious, dude. Like, what is your favorite parts of this? Like, how Al looks with the jean, the blue jean vest and blue jeans and the red bandana and the long hair? <laughs> well, the, the look itself is great because you see that meme everywhere. So oh, yeah. to me, that's just classic. I, I also did love the, uh, the quick uh, burger pickup. A subsequent drop after that was great. Like just no care in the world. That like that's that's his fantasy. Just picking up burgers and or like a sandwich, wherever that. Way. I didn't know yeah, what it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, whatever it was. Let's hope it wasn't a pastrami sandwich or a tang sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imagine the orange sand just blowing around oh. behind him. <laughs> what do you hear? The lamest thing in the world. Some guy on the IMDb put as a goof. You do not see Al's sandwich in the road after he throws it behind him, like land on the road and keep going. Implying that it's a real road. Right. <laughs> like, are you an idiot? I mean, dude. Who on earth watching this is thinking that that's a real road behind him? <laughs> like, come on, people. You gotta like, know when to point out certain things. <laughs> like, great detective work, bro. Ugh. So dumb. Al picks up a, a hot blonde. She's on the back of the bike. Then this, like, uh, another chick hops on the bike, hitchhiking. Now she's on his lap, turned sideways as he's riding. Now there's three girls on the bike. And they're doing, like, a pyramid stand thing on his bike. Um, then you see Al chased by cowboys. Then you see... Uh, Oh, and during all this, the music playing is Born to be Bad by George Thorogood and the Destroyers, released in 88. So I guess they were tired of playing Bad to the Bone for Al every time he does something, right? Right, exactly, yeah. I like that, though. Or Born to be Wild. No, no, there's nothing wrong with either one of those songs, and they're both perfect for Al, but it it would be weird if they just kept doing that. Right, right. So um, I'm glad they did Born to be Bad. Yep, I agree. So that black and white movie footage during this montage you see behind Al is from The Wild One with Marlon Brando. And that's the movie with the famous exchange where the guy goes, uh, what are you rebelling against? And he says, what do you got? <laughs> Remember that? So that's like a famous uh, biker movie. Hmm. Then you got this shot of Al, the sunset behind him. Nice little pose for him with his bike. Hey, but I have all this. <laughs> so long, everybody. Yeah. 
Al rips his sleeves off his shirt, his blue button-up shirt, and takes Kelly's bike out completely unrealistically, like I mentioned earlier. All of a sudden, you see the tire from the bike bounce back into the garage. You hear the crashing sound. Uh, so while Al was heading out of the driveway, Kelly was pulling in. As you remember, she borrowed Al's car. They had a head-on collision. <laughs> Kelly continues to pull the car fully into the garage. <laughs> like... With the bike embedded into the grill of the Dodge and Al across the hood face planted into her windshield, you know, don't stop back before you reach, you know, before you enter the garage. Just keep going and sort of park the car anyway with Al there. I mean, this is the funniest visual ever. Just in such an Al moment. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. I like... I honestly didn't expect it either. I didn't think that they were going to go that route. I just thought it would be like a random person. So the fact that it was Kelly too, I just thought it was so perfect. And yeah, that image is just so perfect. It's so Al Bundy. It was just, it was just great. Oh, I was cracking up. They didn't do exactly what I thought they were going to do. I fully expected her to ignore him and run around to her bike. And right. be like, you know, oh my god, you know, I right. my bike or whatever. So, but her going the whole, you did this on purpose to convince me to get rid of my bike. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> but maybe my way is too obvious, you know, because that's what sitcoms always do. Or too dark, maybe. You know, like God, that would be really. This dark is marriage just... and children. They do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when Al's getting hurt. No one, no one seems to care. No. Whoa! Oh my god! What have I done? Oh, Daddy! You were right! The bike is dangerous! What if it was me? I could have been hurt. I, uh, uh. What, Daddy? I won, uh. I won one? Nine one one. So <laughs> Al tells Kelly to call nine one one. In the next scene, Al's in a full body cast, eating gruel. Well, actually, Buck is eating it. <laughs> Kelly goes to give it to him, but Buck uh, puts his face in there. Now, what is gruel? Is it like oatmeal or something? I think so. I believe so. A thin liquid food of oatmeal or other meal boiled in milk or water. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because cause I know the Simpsons always make jokes about gruel. Like, is this, you're making us eat gruel? And the lunch lady's like, nah, this is imitation gruel. <laughs> <laughs> I now, always think of Charles Dickens whenever I think of someone. Right? Right, yeah. Or like orphanages, you know. I have some more. <laughs> now, like you said, you didn't think the uh, car scene was going to go that way, Jamie. I didn't think that Buck was going to eat it. I thought that was going to be the joke that she put the gruel down and even the dog wouldn't eat it. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. That's what yeah. I thought was going to happen. But also when Buck came into play, that's what got the wheels turning in my head. That made me realize that that seven little. Something. Yes. <laughs> seven, seven. Send us to heaven. Don't be in the episode. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, what would he offer this episode? He, What does he ever offer? I mean, look, we're at the end of a rope here with this kid. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't describe the episode. Here, hold on. I'll tell you what this episode's about. 
Uh, Kelly buys a motorcycle to put some fun back into her life, but disaster strikes when Al decides to take the bike out for a spin. Because I know at this point of the show, people were still wondering what this was about. <laughs> Let's get to inform them. Yeah, it's what, yeah. Walk them through it. Baby steps. I want to be professional. I always want to put, you know, I want to do the show the same way every time. Exactly. You know, we have a whole thing we have here and it cannot, the formula cannot be tampered with. It's the formula of success. Here's your gruel, Daddy. (laughs) You know, I learned a valuable lesson. Motorcycles are far too dangerous. You're much safer in a car. I mean, I didn't even feel any impact when I hit you. (laughs) R, R. What, Daddy? R, R. Oh, goody, now we're playing pirate. R, R, where be the gold? Oh, you're the coolest, Daddy. And you're so smart. I mean, you knew that the only way to convince an impetuous youth like myself was to show me. And you did that. I guess you do love me. Oh, don't you, big one? R, dirty scum, R. How did you feel? I know you used it as your opening line. But how did both of you guys feel about the whole R R? Oh, we're gonna play pirate R R dirty scum R R. I'm sorry. What am I missing? Yeah, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't. Now, Dan, you just used it because you thought it would be a clever opening line. But did you actually think this was a funny part of the episode? And if so, why? No, it wasn't funny. My opener was funnier. I made the line <laughs> funny. Oh, you made it funny. <laughs> No, like I don't know. It's okay. I, I, I think I think what they were going for is he couldn't move, but like that wouldn't make sense. He'd still be able to talk. Unless his jaw was broken. But was the cast even over his no, it wasn't even on his head. That's though. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So uh, that's what I mean. So like so what what is the joke there? That he can't move and he's in so much pain that uh, uh like Yeah, that joke would have worked. If the bandage wrapped around the top of his head and then under his jaw, yeah, because it, it would have tied into him not being able to barely say nine one one before. Totally. But it doesn't really play when the bandage stops at his neck. Right. Mommy, she's out taking care of what's left of my bike. Come with mommy. A cold garage is no place for you. (laughs) When you're done with daddy, just put him in the garage. (laughs) So Peg goes upstairs with uh, what's left of the bike, the twin engine. Uh, Well, it's funny, I guess, to see Peg so into this. And it's just weird, though. Yes. (laughs) Well, for once, everybody's happy. I love you, Daddy. Oh, say, here's the ending of the episode. Al has a fantasy, again, about riding the bike, even in the full body cast. (laughs) What does that say? If you were to, like, do an, an analytical look at everything that happened, his fantasy before, 
his life, his life now, the daughter he has, right, the wife he has. You know, like if you were in a full body cast, you think Lacey would be running upstairs with a twin engine of a motorcycle to go have some fun? Especially when it's like day one of this. And then uh, Kelly to store you in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the with the body cast thing, you can look at it several ways. One, he's he's saying that no matter what his circumstance, meaning his circumstance right then, I'm still going to get away. Is it saying that even despite the dangers of riding, that he still would get right back on again? Well, yeah, it does provide a freedom. So, yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people that that have gotten right back on that horse, you know? Yeah. What? So, yeah. Yeah, like even even with all that, that's still, you know, the open road and freedom and badassery, you know. Yeah, well, here he will not be denied no matter the no matter the risks. Was that but, the same wig he wore to the airport? Probably the rock one. Yeah, yeah. to get in the Rock of Ages. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was actually, yeah. Uh, and it's funny. People post uh, a meme: Al Bundy doing the double bicep pose in, on the bike during his fantasy, and Jax Teller on his motorcycle. When there was a scene, I won't get into it for nobody. For no, people. I know what's seen. Yeah, who haven't seen the show? But he uh, he puts his arms out at one point to the sides, and people do uh, a, a you know back to back comparison. Oh, that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll be right back to wrap this up like Al's body. <laughs> no, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. How many oil changes are you giving the Dodge with Bud's OxyPad out of five for this episode, Jamie? Well, I was going to say a 4.5, but I think I will actually bump it to a five because there's no seven. Wow, <laughs> that always bumps at half a point. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's a, no, this one had some funny, like, Bud is coming into his own. That's great. Um, I love the Marcy Jefferson moments, even though they were brief. Yep. Everyone had their little thing. I just, and, you know, I love Kelly. So I love a an episode that's about Kelly. I like it. It's a fun one. Yeah, this is really a fun one. Dan, how many oil changes are you giving the Dodge with Bud's OxyPad out of five? Uh, I'd squeeze about four and a half OxyPads. Um, <laughs> nice. It was, okay, so it wasn't a perfect episode for me, but man, it was close. It was a lot of fun. Uh, for all the things that Jamie mentioned, uh, like she said, the 
the Jefferson and Marcy stuff was great. Um, I loved the jokes that Kelly had. I, I loved the jokes that everybody had, actually. And, you know, I liked how this episode was contained. It, it was very simple. It was just in the house, just in the garage. I like when they utilize just those those simple sets around the house, you know. Um, they haven't been to the backyard in a long time, but even when it's just that, you know. Because uh, it just shows that you don't have to be so extra with it, you know. I had a ton of fun with this episode. So, yeah, four and a half oil changes for me. I really liked it. Wow. Great uh, way to, like, lay all that down because it made me think of so many things that I w- I'm giving this five oil changes out of five. Wow. I love this episode. Not Not only being a guy who rides a motorcycle, but – like even as a kid, um, I love this. But yeah, having a bike makes it so much better. Right. Yeah, the Sons of Anarchy connection makes it so much better. Right. But like this whole the the whole opening the transvestite thing the time capsule that is alone. So that is just great, and it's funny. I still think that's really funny. Everything about it, the whole thing with Bud, that is weird. But it doesn't take away because that's about the only thing I think is strange about the episode. But it led to Kelly having a midlife crisis at 22 years old. What does she do? She becomes even more badass, which she needed to do recently, you know? You yeah. Know, taking away her sexuality, you you really need to up the ante on something with her. So right. um, doing that will do it iconic imagery of her and al putting the hand down the pants iconic imagery of her on the bike al the like that daydream he had is legendary to me yeah it it could not get funnier (laughs) he knew how to play it he knew what he looked like with the hair blowing he knew how to make that smug face like who he thinks he is on the bike you know uh the girls on the bike him laying on his bike with his hands folded behind his head you know like just like that picking up the sandwich that's such an al bundy thing (laughs) right but who would even who else on earth would even do something like that (laughs) that is so random so random but how perfect and again i thought of uh of rock of ages like where he's playing the pastrami sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah, right, you're right, right. Like only Al would pick up a sandwich and eat it, and you would say, oh, "Okay, I totally get it," you know, because this whole food situation they situation they have. Fantasize about something like that, right? <laughs> that's the that's the even better part. He's like that. that what else could per- make this better? Yeah, in this perfect world, that's how things would go. <laughs> Incredible. Um. Yeah. The the ending of Kelly plowing into him in the in their driveway, like that could life take a dump on Al's head any worse? <laughs> and I love I just love the implications of him having this daydream and saying screw it, right. hitting the throttle, yep, heading out of the garage, man. Yep, exactly. That is so badass. But it's Al, so this result of this action is just so perfect I laughed out loud even this time and I must have seen this 30 times even this time watching the visual of her rolling in the garage with him plastered across the hood <laughs> yeah and the bike embedded I mean god 
classic. That, just classic greatness. I love this. No seven. What a relief. They don't even try to explain them out of this one either. They just give it up on that little stick. Nope. Just assume what we said the one time. He might be at Jefferson and Marcy's even if they're not there. <laughs> God willing. So the time, um, the episode that I missed, was there a reason for him? Or was he in that episode? Oh, he was in that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just kept putting him. Oh, you'll love that, Jamie. Make sure you watch that one. To get him out of the episode, they just kept throwing a blanket over him. So he wouldn't talk. Literally. What? Yeah, you gotta watch it. Um, Because I know he wasn't in the episode prior to that. Right. So I thought we had reached a point where he just wasn't going to be there anymore. But I guess they're just being sporadic about it. Yeah. Um, Uh. It's coming, too. We're three episodes away, I believe. We're almost there. Yep. Kept the blanket over yeah, you gotta watch it. They literally. Yeah, they I think don't he know says, how to feed him, so they just throw a blanket overhead and he goes to sleep. <laughs> Dan, he says what? Two, two to three sentences tops, right? <laughs> yep. Jamie, please watch just so you can see how what lengths they're going through. Yeah, to just get rid of this kid. So tune in next week as we review. We might have a special guest on. We're trying to get Tyler Tigno. This was another episode that was on one of my or many tapes of Marrow Children I had. It was on one that I had on a lot. So to me, this is like a legendary episode. It's called Mr. Empty Pants. Peggy's unflattering cartoon makes Al a reluctant celebrity. <laughs>